0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. Sirius XM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash 4Shops for details. Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. As always, I'm your host, Peter Bulmer, and today I am joined by Shiva Bardwaj, founder and CEO of Pitstop, a Toronto-based software company. Shiva, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for
1: having me, Peter.
0: It's absolutely my pleasure, believe me. Now, just to give our listeners a little bit of context, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into the space, and what Pitstop does a little bit?
1: Of course, yeah. So my background is I grew up in family-owned service centers in the GTA in the Toronto region that inspired me to really learn the electronics that go into vehicles. So I went to the University of Waterloo to become an engineer, and that then gave me opportunities to work for companies like NVIDIA. So NVIDIA is a big graphics card manufacturer based in Silicon Valley. And so I worked there and worked on chips that were launched into uh, Tesla vehicles and what I learned was data would flow from the vehicle back to us as a supplier, like a light bulb went off to say, hey, there's like thousands of these suppliers across hundreds of different make, model, year vehicles. And there's so much data that people are not using today to make better products and better vehicles. And that's something that I wanted to get involved with and solve. So we started PitStop with the focus of taking the data that's available from vehicles so there's already 300 sensors on average on a vehicle with between a dozen to a hundred computers on average. And the data being generated from that, we're pulling all that information into the cloud. We're running AI algorithms to detect when different systems are going to fail or not, and then predict that and share that information back with the customer, the fleet manager, the car company, and their supplier. So that, that's really what Pitstops doing and where we're focused in my background.
0: Sheila, I've known you for a little bit now, and when we first met, you were kind of more at a hardware game, and now it seems like you're a little bit more software, cloud-focused. Can you explain
1: the difference in the transformation and why that happened? Sure, yeah, of course. So when we started, it was actually five years ago, the amount of connected vehicles on the road were actually quite small in volume. So there's maybe a million or, or so, a million to five million vehicles with connectivity that you could actually access. So what we were forced to do is provide customers with a little device that plugged into the car to pull the data and then send it to the cloud. Today, what's happened is there's massive networks of connected vehicles. So car companies since about 2017 model year have embedded telematics into the vehicle. So what this means is data is already flowing from your vehicle, whether you know it or not, from the vehicle to the cloud, And so we're able to now tap into that volume of connectivity and provide the analytics and not have to worry about connecting to the car directly. And so that's been the major change and transition as both the market and we've uh, evolved over time.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. And it kind of sounds like car companies are almost doing half the job for you in a sense.
1: Right. That's right.
0: Now, I'm a marketer. I'm a publisher. I try to be a podcast host. I'm not an engineer. I don't have the sort of hard technical skills you do. Explain to me like I'm five, or in other words, explain to me like
1: I'm a marketer. How does your product work? Do you give me kind of a walkthrough in layman's terms? So today vehicles have connectivity and there's all these sensors and all the way it works is with a few clicks of a button, our application's able to get access to the vehicle's data. So you enter in either the credentials for your, let's say OnStar, my Chevy app, for example. And then it authorizes us to pull some of those data parameters like the tire pressure, the oil life, uh, the battery voltage, these types of parameters into the cloud. And then we run all these algorithms. And then when there's a potential issue of some sort, then we're able to send an alert back to the user. But uh, there's other use cases. So when you think about fleets, They have thousands of vehicles in some cases and so and they can come from different types of vehicles. So it could be a GM, it could be a Ford, it could be a heavy duty truck. And so in those examples, there's typically connectivity coming through companies like uh, Geotab, Fleet Complete, Samsara, Verizon. And so we integrate with these systems as well so that we can, again, pull data from the vehicle through these partnerships And then run analytics and then aggregate that so a fleet knows out of my 5,000 vehicles, here's the top 30 that I need to fix today. And that's really how it works end-to-end. So there's a dashboard, there's a mobile app, uh, there's ability to get text messages or email alerts. That's how the system works, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: totally. Now, what kind of insights exactly are you looking for that might spell this truck or this vehicle needs a repair? Like, what, what are kind of the data points that are hitting that might indicate to you or to the fleet manager that these
1: 30 vehicles, like you said, are next yeah. time to be serviced or whatever? Yeah, so I can give you some examples. Like, one example is when you want to predict, for example, when the bad battery is about to fail, what you do is you take the battery voltage, you take the temperature that the vehicle is operating in, and then what you're doing is you're trying to say... Okay, based on how this voltage is trending, what do we think is going to happen if the temperature drops based on the weather conditions? Also, while you're cranking the vehicle and you're starting the vehicle, there's a signal pattern within the crank that gives you a good indication of how energetic the battery is, how much load it can actually take. And so, when you take these parameters and you're analyzing trip by trip every time you start the vehicle, you get a good sense of what the likelihood the battery is in terms of how long it's going to be able to survive for. So you then send an alert that says, okay, it looks like this battery's pretty weak. It's likely in the next few weeks you're going to get in the car and it's not going to start. And so we recommend that you go get it checked out. Plus, Hey, it looks like you need an oil change anyway. So let's just do these things together.
0: Yeah. that kind of brings me to my next question. Like for, for an independent shop owner, how would they be able to use your service? Like what was the, kind of pull or the incentive, I guess, to, to come talk to Shiva
1: and say, hey, um, you guys sound like you have something useful going on. Yeah, I think one thing is right now, the way shops are set up is once a customer comes in to the physical location is when, you know, a bunch of processes kick into place. They have a service advisor that's talking to the customer, is then booking in on the vehicle, is then ordering parts, the technician is diagnosing the issue, they communicate that issue. And then you know, they fix the issue and then the customer pays for it and then they're on their way. The thing that this opens up is when the vehicle is not in your physical location, how do you understand and know what's happened and what's happening? And that ability to track and monitor the health of the vehicle enables you to extend your service and your offering beyond just your physical locations. So there could be use cases as simple as Hey, there's a vehicle with intermittent engine issues. And once it enters the shop, we have a hard time figuring it out. So while it's on the road, we can diagnose it all the way to we as a shop serve a fleet. And we want to make sure that that fleet's trucks are running or the vehicles are running as much as possible. So we're going to take it upon ourselves to give them that additional service. And that in turn will want them to continue to come back to us to do as much work as possible. So it creates... New retention, new opportunities to engage customers.
0: I'm just wondering out loud to myself do you think that this could be construed, I mean, with poor communication, um, as a kind of like a privacy stepping on the feet kind of of a consumer? If, if you're explaining it quickly or poorly, it could be like you're just giving more data away, which, you know, today it's a huge
1: kind of topic, right? Data privacy and all that. So I think there's different layers to the types of data. There's data that's related to you as a person, and that could include things like where you are by GPS location, can include the things you're buying, these type of details. The the data set that this platform is focused on is what is the condition of the components in your vehicle? And then how do we get ahead of any issues that that might have or pertain to? So there's nothing really about you as a driver that's being factored in uh, it's really just focus on the assets and how it's being worn down and how it's being used so that that's the main difference so the question is it's kind of like your laptop there's a lot of diagnostic reports that apple and microsoft get access to with the way your laptop and their operating systems performing and i don't think that is really the privacy issue the a privacy issue would be if they're starting to record your video when you don't know about it that's when the problem starts to emerge. So I think we're focused on you know the machine itself and how to build a better machine over time which ultimately is best for the customer. So that's that's a key focus.
0: That laptop example kind of put it into perspective like you know I get windows crash reports all the time. I mean I probably need a new laptop that's a whole other issue. But I mean, these are things that I mean, Windows already knows about me. Microsoft already knows about me. It's not about me. It's just about like the hard parts in my laptop.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Now, this is really interesting because I think you're kind of in a unique scenario to look at large macro trends just because of the amount of data that you have on fail rates, on you know, preventative maintenance and all this kind of thing, as well as being in the space of connected cars being kind of on the cutting edge of automotive technology. What
1: are, one are two trends that you're keeping your eye on? Oh yeah. So one thing is obviously there's a huge transition to electric vehicles. That's very important to the sustainability uh, initiatives. As we think about electric vehicles, there's, There's less parts. Obviously, there's no maintenance, these types of details as we know it, though. So this is the key. It's as we know it. The types of things you're going to have to do are very different than what we have to do on a combustion vehicle today. And what I mean to say is these vehicles are brand new. They haven't been tested uh, with hundreds of thousands of customers yet. A lot of them. So defects, issues around the software, around batteries, around the way these systems work in cold environments versus warm, these things all still need to be ironed out. So there's going to be a ton of issues that are different than what we experienced today. And I can already tell you, if you have a Tesla and you have a major issue, that vehicle's out of commission now for eight weeks or, or even longer because of access to parts and the right technicians and all of these details. So th- there's a lot of transition that will happen. And in that actually, I think creates a lot of service opportunity, but it's different. So the types of ways that service is gonna happen is gonna be new. And, and I think that's where this type of analytics becomes more powerful uh, because it's gonna be remote first. So it's in the cloud, it's doing the analysis and then it's helping uh, streamline the process to go get it fixed. So, so that's the an exciting change that's happening in the market that I think we're, we're seeing through our data uh, is gonna be be good for the types of technologies that we're building. Yeah,
0: and this may be off topic a little bit. I'm not sure how much Pitstop or you personally are affected by this, but you kind of mentioned something that was interesting. The You know, if your Tesla has a malfunction, I mean, you're kind of out of luck for a couple months because of all these supply chain issues. I mean, the supply chain thing is, you know, hopefully at kind of its peak of being bad right now, particularly with the semiconductor market, which I know you're pretty involved with, at least peripherally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you seeing any alleviation to that? Or I mean I'm not sure how much you get affected by the supply side of that, but I mean maybe you just have some offhand experience.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. Well obviously there's a just a shortage and people are trying to compensate for that. What's happening, I think, is the technology in the market that are paying the premium for these these silicon wafers are the ones that will continue to succeed so for example tesla or apple products and then the guys who are actually pretty much penny pinching and and maybe really cutting corners on the product are the ones that are not being delivered these chips uh in time and and those end up becoming a lot of automotive companies just based on their history and volumes that they're producing and how they pay their suppliers. So I think it's going to weed out the technologies that are not truly disruptive from the ones that, that are, and then eventually it'll get fixed the supply chain issue. Uh, But at the outset of it, there'll be, every company will have better products because they'll have the, the pressure of the supply chain and force them to really think about what it is they're building, how they're delivering it, and then how they can get ahead of these types of issues in the future.
0: Yeah, I think we saw a, a version of that, albeit without the hard part component, right at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies have really leaned out um, in terms of you know staffing particularly and you know office space overhead and all that. I mean, I think there was a forced efficiency that kind of took place there. And I think we're about to see that. I think you're absolutely right um, when it comes to supply and manufacturing
1: space yeah yeah for sure it's interesting it's a dynamic world we're living in so it's pretty cool yeah it's really interesting now i know you got a ton
0: going on two last things before i let you go though first of all but most importantly if anyone wants to get in contact with you whether it's a shop owner who wants to sign up whether it's somebody who just wants to talk chat about you know what you got going on just another tech toronto company who wants to connect with someone like minded. How do they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn or they can also send me an email. My name is Shiva at pitstopconnect.com. Open to talking to anyone and seeing uh, how to push the industry forward and learn from other people's experiences.
0: And the last question I have for you before I let you go. We all love cars here. What's your all-time favorite vehicle?
1: (laughs) All-time favorite Well, actually, I grew up around a lot of Saab vehicles, so I think I have that deep in my heart. It is like the original Saab 9.3 from like the 1990 uh, timeframe. That's like an old classic car that I really like. But I think in terms of the modern cars, I really do like the way Tesla's developed their their vehicle and and that approach. So those are some of the things that stick in my mind of cars that I like.
0: That's a very tech guy answer. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. All right, OlaQ, thank you so much for joining us. That's going to take us. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.